right, well, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer, and then we'll start our study this evening. Father, we come tonight, and we are thankful for this time that we have. We're, we're thankful for a time we can come and share. Father, the, the burdens and, and the cares that we have, and that, um, and we know that, Father, we will pray for one another, that, uh, Lord, we have, have brothers and sisters who uh, will, will bear our burdens with us. And, um, Father, we come and we um, pray tonight for Mike, Father, we pray for, for healing in his, in his hands. And, uh, Father, we pray for, um, Lord, that you would ease his pain uh, that he's in. Father, as he continues to uh, recover, we just pray you'll, you'll be with him, we pray. Um, Father, we're thankful that, that Cayman's study went well and, and pray that uh, you will help in the, um, when the results come back. Father, you will give wisdom to those who are evaluating the results and to, to Josh and Bethany as they um, see those and meet with, with doctors. And uh, Father, just pray that you, you would be with them there. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we pray for Danny tonight as, as he's gotten news about his, um, his throat and his lungs. Lord, we again, we pray for wisdom and discernment and decisions that need to be made. Um, Father, as they um, continue to talk and discuss the, the options there, we, um, Lord, we pray for, for Jacob as he continues on the trail. Father, we pray that you would keep him safe. Uh, Father, as he continues on. Um, Lord, we do pray for the, the Zooks tonight. We uh, pray that you would give them Wisdom, Lord, help them to discern as they have to make this decision of do they evacuate or, or do they stay? Do, how do they approach um, the, the situation at hand? So, Father, we just pray that you would, would give them wisdom in that. Father, we pray that you'll be with us tonight as we uh, discuss these things of, of glorifying you. It would help us to to understand, and uh, Lord, illumine our minds uh, and change our hearts. Father, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, last Wednesday, we uh, began this discussion of, of how do I do all things for God's glory? And we, start to, we started by d discussing the meaning of the word glory. And, and how it takes um, this idea of, of weightiness and importance and the authority of God and the, the brilliance and, and magnificence and His majesty. Um, we talked about how the, the glory of God is seen in His characteristics and His, his mercy and His justice and, and His other attributes and also in His actions. And we, we went to Exodus 34 and, and looked at... Um, he, he and Moses interacting there and, and saw those truths from that scripture. Um, we also talked about 
what it means to glorify God and the fact that we're not, we're not adding to His glory. We're not giving Him something that He, he doesn't have. But rather, when we glorify God, what we're doing is we're acknowledging and worshiping Him for the glory that He already possesses. And so we, we finished last week by looking at different ways that Scripture tells us that we glorify God. And if you remember, we, we ended on this question from the author, where he said, Well now, how can I glorify God eating a sandwich or mopping a floor? Here's where the difficulty begins. And so the idea is, how do I take these things from Scripture and, and make application of them to my day-to-day life? And, and in many ways, this is true. It, um, we talked about last time a lot of very direct ways that Scripture says that we glorify God. It's right there in black and white, and that, that's great. That's very helpful. It's always uh, very helpful to have clear, straightforward uh, text of Scripture that, that we read and obey. But we all know there's, there's a whole host of, of tasks and, and situations and issues that come up in our lives where there's, there's no direct command of, of God in Scripture. So then what, how do we approach those? And so that's where... Um, we must use judgment and, and discernment, um, and we must draw principles from Scripture um, that seek to, and then seek to apply those principles to the situation at hand or to the decision that we have to make or, or to you know, what we should do. And, and we come to a conclusion through the application of these principles. And so let's look at some of those this evening. Um, we'll start with the first, we, we glorify God when we do everything according to the commandments of Scripture, uh, specifically um, the, the Ten Commandments, um, which is kind of a, a summary of all of the law. And so we can look at some examples of how we Knowing the law of God, we can apply those to our lives. So we look at some of the... I eat to the glory of God by eating in moderation and not overindulging. So I know that my body is given to me by the Lord. I know that I am to take care of it and steward it well. And so therefore, um, I eat in moderation. Uh, another example uh, is given is I do work around the house to the glory of God by keeping in mind God's ordained priorities and not putting my house before God or before my family. So we, we don't want to make an idol out of working around the house or, or getting things done at our home. Uh, for the student, in their schoolwork, they're careful not to cheat or allow someone else to cheat from their papers. It's, it's a form of, of intellectual theft. Right? Violating the, the command of God. Um, for those that work, they must consider uh, the requirements of the fifth commandment, which is to honor father and mother, uh, and by extension, those in authority. And how, how do we apply that with respect to, to superiors and equals and those 
below us. So you can see how it's kind of taking these commands of God, again, summarized in the Ten Commandments, and, and, and applying them to our daily actions. But again, this takes maturity. It, it takes the ability to discern and, and to apply biblical truth found in Scripture. So by, by doing everything, um, thinking through God's commands. We also we glorify God when motivation for everything we do is to please God. When pleasing God is why we do what we do. Um, so in Ephesians 5, the Apostle Paul writes this to bondservants. Um, bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. And, and we can apply that same idea to ourselves. We, we don't do what we do to be seen by others or, or congratulated by others. What we do, um, ultimately, we do for an audience of one in order to please him. And we know that he is always watching and, and knows and sees all things. Um, so our motivation and all we do is to please God. We glorify him. Third, um, we glorify God when we serve our neighbors. And so Paul writes this to the Philippian church. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Um, and in so many ways that this applies, and, and we can put this into action. A lot of times we think about you know, caring for the, the sick or, or providing for uh, meals for the hungry or clothing for, for those that don't have it. Um, there's some more indirect ways that the author here um, mentioned them that we probably may not even think of um, in our minds. One example, we drive to the glory of God not only as we respect traffic laws, but as we are considerate of other drivers. Right? We, we don't want to put them in, in danger either. Um, we glorify God when we keep our house and yard attractive as, so as not to detract from our neighbor's yards or property value. Seeming a, a thing we, we would, don't always equate with necessarily loving our neighbors, but in fact, it is. And so these, these ways that we, we love our neighbor and glorify God. We glorify God when we do everything in conscious dependence on Him. Uh, looking at the, the doxology there in Romans 11, it says, For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. So it, it's all about Him. Um, and so when we, we do everything in, out of conscious dependence on Him, what is it? look like a few examples here um, we pause to give thanks at our meals we acknowledge that no matter how wealthy we are this food is not only on our table th this food is only on the table by the grace of God um, the Christian mechanic does not rely on his own ability but seeks God God's aid in every job um, as he diagnoses he fixes automobiles that are, that are brought to him 
he, he's seeking um, God's help and, and wisdom and, and being able to, to do that job. Um, students pray um, as they do their assignments that the, the Lord would help them. Um, not, uh, you know, they don't only, they're not only depending on their own intellectual ability, but also on, on God's grace to help them. Um, Christian uh, housewife or, or stay-at-home mom seeks strength and aid uh, of God in all the tasks that she has to do uh, around the home. Christian musician seeks the help of God in playing each note. So in, in all that's done, there, there's this recognition and there's a reliance and a dependence on the Lord to accomplish these things. And when we rely and we depend on Him, it brings Him glory. We uh, glorify God when we give thanks to Him for the things that we do. We read in Philippians uh, chapter 4, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So we thank God for the, the privilege of allowing us to be a part of what He's doing in, in the world and the things that He gives us to do. Um, number six, we glorify God when we do all things wholeheartedly. And so we read in Colossians 3, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And the, the author here of, of the study gave an, an interesting illustration, an example um, of Eric Little. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, that name, but uh, he was an Olympic runner. Um, and, a, and a missionary to China. He, he actually died of a brain tumor at 43 years old while interred in a Japanese camp during World War II. Um, and it, he made this statement about his running. He, he, did, he actually earned several medals in the Olympics. And this is what he said. I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And so for him, running, it's not about having the, the fastest time. It's not about setting records, uh, winning medals. For him, it was about running the best that he could for the pleasure and for the glory of God. That was the ultimate reason that he, he did what he did. So in all things we do, we do them wholeheartedly, for his glory. Um, I'm sure there, there, there are probably many other principles that, that we could go through Scripture and apply to different situations, to, to things we do every day. Um, these are just a few. But they're examples of, of how we can take what, scriptures, what Scripture says and, and seek through prayer and, and the help of the Spirit and, and wisdom and discernment to apply these to our lives. The last section we're going to look at tonight is um, going to be about the motivation for glorifying God. Why, why do we do this? A few things. First of all, um, we should do all things for God's glory because He does all things for His glory. That's what He does. He, he's, the, he's the center and, and the focus of all things. 
We're not, and, and so therefore we live unto Him. Secondly, we glorify God because He's our maker and our preserver. We read in, in Psalm 139, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. So he's the creator. We are the creation, and so therefore it is right that we glorify him. Um, we, we glorify God. Not only has he created us, not only does he preserve us, but if we are saved, he has redeemed us. Um, and so Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. He has redeemed us, and so therefore we glorify Him. Uh, we can take it, even maybe ramp it up a little bit or take it a, a step further, say not only do we know that He's created us, He has redeemed us, but we also know that he has done so for the express purpose of his glory. Created, redeemed us for the purpose of his glory. We read this in, uh, in Isaiah 43. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. And if it's the purpose for which we've been created, then it should motivate us to fulfill that purpose. A fifth motivation we see um, for glorifying God is that He's the only one who, who actually deserves to be glorified, to be made much of. We uh, see in 1 Timothy, Paul writes that He is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. He's the only one who is, is sovereign and can complete control over every single molecule that exists. He's the only one um, who has existed since eternity past and will exist into eternity future. We mentioned last time with Moses in, in Exodus 33 and 34 that that no one can see Him, has seen or can see Him. He is God Almighty, and so therefore He alone deserves glory and honor. Number six, we glorify God because it brings the greatest enjoyment of life. Brings the greatest enjoyment. Now, all of the, the previous points that we have made tonight have focused on the Lord, and, and rightly so. But we also, we never want to think that the glory of God and our joy are, um, are somehow opposed to one another. Um, again, the, the answer to the first question of the Westminster Shorter Catechism is, it's so important. The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Um, 
our enjoyment and, and satisfaction in God glorifies Him. It, it, shows, it shows that He is of the greatest worth and value. He is the supreme joy of our souls. And so we see this in Psalm 73. Um, incredible verses here. They say, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And just to think of being truly, with all of our hearts, to, to say these things, to proclaim these verses, there's, there's nothing we desire besides you. you the, the God is all we want. He, he's all we need. He's, he's our joy and our satisfaction. And we, we find all of that in Him. And also we know that in a very real way, what's, what's de described there in verse 26 is, is a reality. That one day our, our flesh will fail and we will have Him. But it, it's wonderful to see here that when that happens, that God is our portion. And, and the word that's used here, for that, that's translated portion, is, is the word that um, is used for the inheritance of the land actually, to, the, the, to the tribes of Israel. Um, in the Old Testament, the Lord um, assigned them the, their territory there. And it, it's very much we kind of think in my mind of what, what we read about the, the tribe of Levi. It says, The Levitical priests, all the tribe of Levi, shall have no portion or inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the Lord's food offerings as their inheritance. They shall have no inheritance among their brothers. The Lord is their inheritance as He promised them. So you don't get any land, but you get God. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. Um, and and it's, it's just an incredible picture. It's, it's an illustration of, of what should really be at the heart of, of every believer when we go and, and look at Scripture, and, and Scripture does tell us, we, we know, and from our experience, we know God does give us very good gifts to His children, but, but even if He didn't ever give us, if He never gave us anything else, He has given us Himself, and, and that's what those verses in Psalm are, are drawing out. And so, um, when we see that and, and understand and, and know that that's the case, it, it is our greatest joy to glorify the God of heaven and earth with, with all that we are. Um, and so I, I hope this has, has been helpful in, in describing the way, again, we talked about last time how we use, sometimes we use these words and phrases a, a lot in church and um, Sometimes we don't, I don't know how often we really stop and think about exactly what they mean, but the idea of glorifying God or giving glory to God. And, and I hope these past couple of weeks have helped to kind of wrap your mind around those and understand what they're, they're saying and give you some ideas of, of on our day, on a day-to-day -day level, how do we go about living our lives for His glory um, and for our good and our joy.
So let's uh, close in a word of prayer this evening. Father, we thank you for the opportunity you have to look at uh, verses from your word. We thank you for um, men who have, you have called and led to, to write um, Lord, lessons and studies and, and, and material that we might be able to, to glean and to learn from. And, and Lord, we just um, we praise you that, that you have provided that for us. I pray that we would not take those kind of things for granted, that we would, Lord, seek to learn and to study and to understand that we might uh, glorify you as we've talked about. And so we pray this in Jesus' name.